Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, welcome to this bonus episode of Mentally Yours. I'm Yvette. And I'm Ellen. Usually we come out on a Monday morning at nine-ish, but we really wanted to get this out as soon as possible. Today we're talking about trauma. In a moment we're going to be talking to Julius Bajanski. He's a registered counsellor and psychotherapist. I'm not being flippant when I say that things have been pretty rubbish recently. The knife attack in London on Saturday night marked the third terrorist attack in as many months, and that means there's a lot of trauma that goes along with it. Our thoughts go out to all of those who have suffered or been directly affected by any of these events, but today we're not just talking about those who have suffered in such a direct way. No, this episode is for you if the recent terrorist attacks have affected you in any way made you sad, made you mad, or made you bury your head in the sand. We might not all know someone who's been killed by a recent attack, but we've all been affected. I know I have, but we'll come to that later. Here's Julius Fijanski. One of the major things for everybody, I think, that is affected is to have support from others. Now, it may be that uh, individuals will not be ready to talk about things, but just having that somewhere around will be helpful, holding them in that space. And for people that can't help or can't listen, there is, of course, external help uh, with uh, the GP or counsellors or psychotherapists or other therapists that can lend that bit where it's too difficult for family and friends because it's a shock, it's a big thing, and a lot of people find it very difficult to talk about it or deal with those things. How can trauma affect people's mental health? It's, uh, it's a big one. Uh, what actually happens with trauma is it's a stress response that the body has and adrenaline is produced, the fight or flight thing. So blood pressure goes up, heart rate goes up, people start sweating, they lose appetite. And what then happens will depend on how people deal with what's going on. And 
In the worst case, it can lead to depression. Stress not dealt with leads to depression or can do, and it can lead to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, where people have flashbacks. And the emotional responses can be around things like sadness, anger, guilt, and people can lash out and not realize why they're doing it. So there's a dissociation because between how they're actually responding and what they're feeling and what's going on. And it can be very difficult for people to link into that. So depending on where people are in their everyday lives, it can have a major effect or a more minimal effect. And I think for everyone as well, there can also be a reminder with these sorts of things about their own mortality. And that can be a very difficult thing for people to experience that reminder. I think a lot of people think that PTSD and similar you know, trauma-related mental illness is only people that were actually involved in like very heavy trauma. No. Can they also apply to people that weren't directly involved? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it depends on how the individual, any particular individual, where their life is and what affects them personally. And people who may be very remote from a situation can experience something and it can impact them on a very, in a very major way. It's, it's less likely to have the, the sort of impact that people who are subject to the bombing or whatever may be right there. It may be more remote, but it does and it can happen. And is there a thing as, say, collective trauma, like on the city of Manchester or the city of London? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. There's, there's, a, there's a thing about a, an amplification effect, the crescendo effect. It's the same sort of thing that if, you, if you're involved in a situation, there's a collective, almost hypnotic uh, effect that yeah. can be induced. Uh, similarly, people can collectively get very emotionally involved and distressed and traumatised. Why do some people who've been through the same experience or the same traumatic experience react differently? It's very much dependent on where they are in their lives and their experiences before the particular event. So what, what can often happen when something goes on in their lives, it can be a re-experiencing of a trauma from a much earlier point, whether in childhood or in, or in teenage years. And it's very difficult for people to sometimes understand where it's coming from, but it can trigger a response in the unconscious or the subconscious that comes to the surface. And everybody's experiences will be different. And everybody's ability to deal with stress and or difficult situations will be different. It's how we're made. It's, 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 a, it's a biological thing. It's, it's a nurture thing. It's, if you like, how we live thing in addition to the support network we have or we have had through our lives. You mentioned PTSD. Um, that's one of the sort of conditions I think people sort of see as a bit of a mystery. How would somebody know if they were actually experiencing that or they thought they might have that? The, the, well, the main, the main effects are things like uh, having flashbacks, uh, re-experiencing the trauma, and it's very real. It's, it's not like a dream, it's, it's as if they're actually there. And then having panic attacks that can be associated with it, not being able to sleep, very poor concentration. And some of these things will be similar to depression, but the main different, differentiating factor will be the flashbacks right. and experiencing the, the, the thing again. 
It's quite a big question and probably quite hard to answer, but um, what can people affected by trauma or sort of huge instances like this do to start rebuilding their lives? I think there are a number of things. The first thing is a good support network. And if they don't have a good support network, to engage with professionals who can help. People who are used to and experienced in dealing with people and that, that suffer from trauma or have suffered from trauma. And one of the big things about that is it's not about sympathy in the professional sense. It's about sitting alongside and being with a person so that they feel supported, comforted, and they can talk about it. It's no help if the therapist starts crying. It's really not going to help them. And all the other things that we should all do, really, for, to nurture our own mental health, in, in the sense of looking after ourselves. So taking a break, going on a holiday, having a distance from the normal circumstances, eating well, lots of water, hydration, and I hate to say, but alcohol and or drugs are really not helpful. When I talk about drugs, I'm not talking about medical prescription drugs. Uh, alcohol is a depressant and is not going to help people who are seeking to recover from trauma. And yes, I think I've mentioned professional help. So it's a, it's a combination of things that is really good for people to do on a day-to-day -day basis anyway, but even more important when they've experienced serious trauma. Um. What advice would you give um, friends and family who want to know the best way to support those who've been affected by traumatic To be events? there. To be there with them. Not to push their friends or their family or their colleagues to talk about it, but just to be quietly there, to let them know that they're there to listen if they want to talk, uh, to to be helpful and just just to be there, really. I think that's the main thing. It's that, it's that holding of a space allowing them to be free to cry, not to say don't cry, allow them to cry because that's cathartic or it can be cathartic, to allow them to be angry and not to take it personally because it's not going to be directed at the family or member or the friend, it's going to be a projection of anger which is just lashing out and just to, yeah, be empathic, compassionate and allow it to be and just to hold them, give them a hug. Are there any specialist services that you know of that specifically support those affected by trauma or sort of huge things like this? There are a number of services that are available for people who, who may be suffering. The obvious first step for, for people would be their GPs. And the GPs could then refer them to a number of agencies which will include IAPT uh, therapists, uh, clinical psychologists. in the most extreme cases, perhaps psychiatric help. Um, and then there are organizations like MIND, uh, which where people can self-refer for counseling uh, and psychotherapy and other agencies. There are the charities like Mental Health Organization and others uh, that are involved in looking after mental health generally. And then there are the counselling uh, professional bodies where people can look for and get professionally qualified counsellors and psychotherapists who are qualified, insured, and people, the public can have comfort in knowing that they are proper and properly qualified. And there are, there are a number of therapies which seem to have quite positive effect uh, with PTSD. Um, and, and trauma. 
I think it's fair to say that sort of huge amounts of us sort of in the country are fairly shaken by the recent events. Um, what sort of advice can you give people sort of who may have been suffering from mental illness generally who feel particularly shaken by them? I would say to them that it would be really helpful to talk about it. Uh, to open up about their fears, what it means to them, uh, to family, to friends, GP, assuming that they have family or friends, and if they're alone, to look for help elsewhere with a therapist or, or somebody else uh, along those lines. But talking is an essential, even if they don't feel ready to talk, to know that there's somebody there or people there that are available, will listen and will help. And we go back to that thing about taking care of the self and taking the steps to look after themselves. Do you think there's a psychological impact of people kind of getting these breaking news alerts of all the kind of terrible things happening on a daily basis and on social media, people talking about them constantly? Does it increase like a general sense of the world is scary, lots of bad things are happening? I think it has a number of effects. I think one of the things that it can do is it can almost desensitize people to some of the horrors mm. of the reality of what's going on in the world. And there's a, something about the remoteness can mean it's okay. Mm. Because some people may feel, I'm not affected, it's not real. Yeah, It's like a cartoon film, uh, almost. Uh, but it can also, with some people, uh, create or exacerbate the difficulties that they may already be having and I, th I think I mentioned earlier this thing that some uh, most people have a terror of death mm. and that of itself can lead to things that people don't identify as a terror of death but will identify but other problems will come up like a fear of going out yeah. a fear of going shopping uh, a fear of flying or other things because I think it's interesting because I think Yvette and I have the two contrasting responses. Yvette's maybe more desensitised. Yeah, that? I think it's possibly partly because um, I started off as a straightforward, hard news journalist and um, I sort of got used to, you know, news is just work. And so now, and I sort of used to go to sort of court cases and report on them and just so seeing the news, however sort of gory or awful, um, as work um, so now when things like this happen obviously it's it, it, I do find it very sad but I don't feel personally mixed up in it which I think sounds very could, could sound quite insensitive to some people but um, I think that's so many people I think have the same response is that mm. do you think that's a coping mechanism or is that just healthy I don't want to bash you about that just to check I, th I think there are a couple of things there with, with some people, and I, I don't think this is the case with Yvette, yeah. but for some people there could be something around denial. Mm. About it's too terrible, I cannot look at this, I have to deny it's ever happened. So it goes into a different place. I think with Yvette and a lot of other professionals who are involved uh, in, for, in, in, in medicine and, and other things, there is so much trauma that they're facing on a day-to-day -day basis that I don't think it's desensitization so much, but more to work professionally, there has to be a distance yeah. between what is going on 
and the professional role. Because for Effet, for example, to be blubbering all over the news is not actually going to do anyone any favours and maybe it wouldn't help with her job either. Yeah. And with a doctor who is involved in, in a life-saving operation, for them to be in pieces is not going to help. Mm. So I think there's a, there's a huge range of things running from, for some people, it will be denial. For Yvette, I suspect it's professional, professional response, um, because I would imagine that if, and excuse the way I put this, but if it was something around uh, Yvette's own friend or relative, I think it'd be a very different story. Whereas I'm the opposite of that, whereas I think with the recent things, it's just massively heightened my anxiety in general. Um, I feel very scared to leave the house and to get the tube because it's just a reminder that like at any second, like this very scary, horrible thing could happen. I think especially living in a city, being aware or being made aware that I live in basically a target for terrorism and other really scary stuff. Yes, but I think there's something there which goes beyond that. Mm. And I think that is the reminder of your own mortality. Probably. And it, it's, it's one of the things in this society which is not openly discussed. It's almost another taboo subject, like mental health in a sense. Mm. People don't want to t talk about it. But there's something around that that is, if we're frightened to do things, we're effectively dying and we need to live. Does that make sense? That does. Does that make it's sense? It's strong, but no, I think, I, I think I, that's I true. It is no, no, strong. no, no, that's good. Strong is good. But I think that's accurate. I do think that if, if it is genuinely affecting your life in that way where it's preventing you from doing stuff, that's something that needs to be dealt with for sure. I think it, it is always helpful to look to do that and it's helpful to look to get to the underlying reasons as to what's going on and what's making one feel like that or what's making you feel like that. And I totally get, in your case, and in a lot of people's cases in London and in Manchester mm. at the moment, people will be looking at those circumstances. They won't be thinking about death as such. They'll be looking at that and they'll be thinking, like you just said, I could go out mm. and it could be me. Yeah. And there could be that, that fear. I totally get that, but I suspect that there is actually a deeper thing going on as well. What would you say if someone came to you and said, you know, they're experiencing more anxiety, they're worried constantly and it's affecting their life? What would you say to them? I would start by asking them when the anxiety started, mm. uh, what events happened before the anxiety started, and I would look to trace it back to, to, to find, if you like, the starting point. It may be, for example, the bombing uh, in, in, in Manchester. It may be the knife attack uh, in, in London Bridge and Borough. But if it, if it is that, then I, I would then look at what does it mean for them? Mm. What is their fear? Is it about their own death? Is it a reminder of that? Or is it the fear that one of their relatives could be killed? Mm. And, and so on. It's, it's about tracking back, I feel, t to see where it starts and to almost normalize the idea of life and death and the cycle of it mm. sounds heavy but probably effective i'm yeah. just thinking about death now but that's apologies <laughs> apologies i didn't mean to no no it's fine i'm always thinking about death so it's fine i think a policeman said this actually on the, the news but 
how much more likely you are to sort of have a, a car accident or something. Or even um, there's more deaths per year of people falling down the stairs than being yeah. killed in a terrorist Accidents attack. in the home. Yeah. And car accidents. So, yeah. That's absolutely right. And also I have tremendous faith in our police force. Yeah. And didn't they foil a terrorist attack as well? I think, there, I, I know there have been a, a lot of criticisms in the press and with, a, it, with some politicians and so on on what's been happening and the responses. But for me, to see uh, the police mobilise within two minutes mm -hmm. and to shoot the three so-called supposed terrorists dead within eight minutes. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I feel that that is a fantastic response from a zero position, mm. personally. 100%. And that's definitely reassuring to know that if something were to happen, you know, we are in a safe, relatively safe place mm. where things can be dealt with quickly. I suppose maybe because it's it's the exception and sort of going back to the, the car accident thing because those deaths happen so regularly they're not news and I suppose this comes back from starting off as a news journalist it's sad but you hear all people die of those things all the time so you don't report them whereas when when something's different yeah that's news I so that's why they it's yeah, difficult because really obviously it's true. news teams have to cover these breaking news things when horrible things happen mm. but as someone with anxiety and mental health issues every time I get a breaking news alert now I just feel more anxiety and it's very difficult to kind of reconcile that because it must be the same for I think a lot of people where it's not directly affecting them but it's just increasing their awareness of or like heightening the risk in their minds where it's like this could happen this is happening all the time because that's what's being reported on mm. I think one of the things that can be really helpful with the anxiety that, that you're talking about there is for people to take regular time for themselves mm. uh, to, to get involved in the program of mindfulness and for me what mindfulness really is about is about taking time with yourself to go into some form of meditation or contemplation have some quiet time to calm the mind calm the body and that makes a difference mm. It makes a difference because your heart rate slows, everything slows, and with anxiety, what will happen is, again, the heart rate will increase, yeah. sweating, with the risk of going into a fat panic attack and not being able to catch your breath. So anything to do with slowing the breathing, yoga, Pilates can be really helpful. And to remember that not everything out there is frightening mm. or scary. And there, there are actually a lot of very kind people out there as well. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're right, we hear about the negative things in the news because otherwise it's not news. It, I, I always think it'd be so wonderful to hear a story about how Mrs. Bloggs, the 80-year-old person, sort of went down the road and fed somebody's cat because somebody had moved away or something. I don't know. But it wouldn't be terribly good, would it? Well, you say that. We do have a lovely thing in the Metro newspaper called the Good Deed Feed, where mm. it is actually people saying, thank you so much for, you know, helping me when I fainted on the underground, or thank you so-and-so for I've, yes, I've doing that. And I think that's lovely. Um, yeah. And on lifestyle, we do all kinds of fun things you about do. puppies and relationships and all kinds of nice things. And donuts, which are universally enjoyed. Yeah, so. luminous donuts, that's the latest thing, yeah, they, uh, When bad stuff is happening, sometimes it's nice to read those things mm. not to like promote lifestyle although please do read metro's lifestyle section um it's helpful because i think you do have to read and we do have to report on the bad stuff 
but occasionally just reminding yourself that like there are good things happening in the world as, as well is really helpful yeah there are, absolutely yeah there are kind people there are nice people there are kind deeds that go on all the time it's not all bad evil and nasty and there's a lot of really positive things in Manchester and in London and I think it's it's really helpful to to remember that If you've been affected by the issues discussed today with Julius, try the Samaritans. Samaritans.org or call 116123. Our producer is Sam Bonham with Lucy Baker on the tunes. We'll see you on Monday morning. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.